Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyer Labs, and today we have Chris Nundy with us. And Chris is an innovation manager at the BBC, which, as we all know, is a major media company based in London, and they're actually the largest broadcaster in the world, at least as far as a number of employees. They have over 20,000 employees. And as we also know, they produce some uh, wonderful shows. So Chris is in charge of sourcing and integrating new tech, like 360 video, into their shows. And I was just curious, you know, um, what Chris is especially interested in now and kind of the process to take new tech and integrate it into the BBC's processes. Uh, Chris also works on post-production and certain programs, which we can talk about as well. So, Chris, thanks for uh, joining us today. Uh, thank, you for, uh, thank you for inviting me. Definitely. And uh, so before we jump into what you're doing now, can you give us a little, a little overview on your background? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, so I've worked in the broadcast industry since uh, the latter part of the 90s, about 1998, uh, starting as a broadcast journalist in local radio uh, in uh, in Chesterfield in Yorkshire. Uh, before I moved to London in 2000, uh, where I started work in a post-production company um, here in London. Um, in that time, I've worked uh, through post-production to assistant editor and editor, uh, working across factual drama and music content. Um, I moved from post-production into production in 2005, uh, working up to a production manager, um, again working as a freelancer for a number of years, uh, working on um, small feature films, um, some TV dramas, some music videos. Um, before I joined uh, IMG um, uh, for a content uh, for a program content called Gamer TV, uh, where I worked across their promotional online content. Um, before moving to join BT Sports, uh, based at the BT Tower here in London, uh, working on Championship and Live Sports. Uh, before then, finally joining the BBC in 2009 um, in their multi-platform division. Uh, I've then since worked in radio and uh, before moving into their internal post and reversioning area. And then finally, uh, moving into my current role in 2013. So uh, almost 20 years, which is quite scary to admit, <laughs> I've been um, kind of doing this kind of thing. Wow. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know where to start with that background. That's great. And so you have a lot of stuff. And so what was one of uh, one or two of your favorite things that you did? You know, whether it's a music video or a show or a movie that you worked on that was a really good experience or you learned a lot? Uh, as, a, as a really kind of unimaginative answer, I think every I've enjoyed every... I've hated and loved all, all of those roles <laughs> I've had at some point. Um, just everyone has, has offered me a, a new and interesting opportunity where I've, I've learned something new within that role. Um I've been really lucky across having so many roles. Um, so my first role when I when I came to London and, and, and worked in post-production, uh, it taught me so much about technology um, that those basics I still rely on today of um, video and audio formats, um, what makes good television technically, um, uh, and all the way through to those kind of pinch myself moments of being on a studio set um, 
at Pinewood Studios here or in Ealing Studios. Um, I'm working on sport. You know, sport is a passion of mine um, and the opportunity to work on live um, football, uh, although I had to give up just about every weekend um, during that period. Uh, the fact of being able to travel um, through the UK and outside of the UK um, to uh, to work as host broadcaster on some of that content, you know, and just the, the importance and quick turnaround of live television. So there, there really are too many moments to, to, to choose really from that. Um, and, and, and my current role, you know, the fact that I, uh, I spend most of my days looking at new technology, um, talking to people about technology, playing with technology, um, you know, for, for a kind of technology geek fanboy, it, it, it really is uh, as good as it gets, I think. And, and you said that in there, uh, one of your roles, uh, you mentioned that you learned, you know, what makes good t- t- TV, like, technically. Uh, yeah. What did you mean by that, or what did you learn <laughs> with that? Uh, well, just kind of from the, the basic standards, um, you know, of uh, from the technical aspect of, of framing, of making sure, you know, your audio is as clean as possible, that your pictures are crisp, that you're working to the highest possible resolution that you, that you can uh, I mean, I don't have the silver bullet knowledge around, you know, format television in terms of, you know, that we should pitch this idea and it will it will sell around the world. Um, so it is more from a technical aspect, but just um, just those basics and kind of the approach you take um, from a technical standpoint of just being quite methodical um, and working through a problem. It's, I was taught quite early on about, you know, if you think about the connectivity of equipment um, in the broadcast chain, um, of approaching things in that in that order that if something links into something else um, then that is how you make it work and when you have a break in your chain that is where the, the issues can arise from so I kind of apply that same kind of very loose um, mythology into kind of all of my work in that respect of how everything links together and then when I'm looking at new technologies now of of, uh, of, of what part that plays of what are we removing and replacing with a new piece of technology and what, what benefit is that bringing or what issues could arise from that hmm. Interesting and, and before we get too far I guess and you've kind of uh, talked about it a little bit but can you tell us about your current role and it sounds like you're looking for new tech and how to integrate it um, is that essentially it or do you want to just give us a a brief overview. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the innovation part of my role, fundamentally is is about the the changing technology. What is coming over the horizon, or what is currently here but not really being used very much, um, and how we can uh, either adapt or how we can take something out of the box. Um, and use that in our productions um, straight away, or if there's something um, that we may need to modify in some way or look at using it in a different way that maybe wasn't um, maybe wasn't the intended use. But um, in terms of, I need to think about that. Sorry. Uh, so sorry. What was the question? What 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 do I enjoy oh, yeah. about my role? Is yeah, it? or you know, what kind of just describing your current role? You know, what what you do on a daily basis? You know, what What's your, what are you tasked with um, to make happen? Um, okay. So on a daily basis, I will, so on a daily basis, I'll be looking at um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll be looking to see what what new technology um, is is coming over the horizon. Equally, uh, what developments there are within existing technology. So this this could be as straightforward as one of the camera manufacturers are releasing a new camera, and this will work. You know, it either works really well with high frame rates, or it's fantastic in low light conditions, or it's just a small form factor. Um, and then, do we have a production that is currently? Uh, in 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 development or in production that we could use that that camera technology with, um, or uh, or whether it's something in terms of so the the big kind of game changing thing that I've been looking at for the last few years and being able to play around with a little bit is around 360 and virtual reality. So the great thing about that was something that was so completely different to our production teams. Um, I've been able to take that technology and pitch to them of why they should do something with that with that camera technology and with that you know just look at things differently of making some content um and then equally it can just be something of how can we use technology so um uh our broadband um so delivering content over ip for example the fact that we've now been able to move away from creating physical tapes or physical discs that we send to commissioners to reviewing programs, we can just upload a link that is much quicker and easier. It reduces our carbon footprint. So it's not exciting and sexy, but it's something that then has a practical use in the way that we um, deliver our content, whether it be through to the, the viewer at home or through to people within our, um, our uh, program making process. And, and how, do you, how do you find this tech? Uh, in terms of how how do I find it? In terms of how do I how do I discover it? How do I come yeah, across exactly, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, <laughs> uh, trade shows, articles, events, um, and most importantly, of just talking to individuals or companies of of all sizes. Whether it's just you know someone may may find my details, um, and then and then get in touch with me about that they've got a new product or an idea or. Um, but just having those conversations and, you know, one of the, one of the benefits of, uh, the BBC is that we have some amazing people that work in our R and D and technology areas. Um, and they're always looking, uh, to the future and figuring out what will, what will be the next trend in that respect, or they're creating, um, technology themselves that could be used in program making. Um, so it's an incredibly fortunate position, um, that we have all, you know, we have that yeah. resource available. But it is just about you know the same as anything. You you just you know you. Uh, I talk to people like yourselves that have, uh, have a, a similar interest in technology, and you know you tell me about something that you've heard about or seen, and 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 it kind of goes from there. Really, it's just um, you know you're kind of you're you're passing the baton to other people all the time. <laughs> that's um, that's but a, just well, yeah, I was gonna say that, that that's a wonderful wonderful role. That's for sure. That would be a that must be a fun most days <laughs> may not every day but uh but i was curious before i you know i have some more questions about you know your kind of current role but to get more into your world could you is it possible to kind of walk us through because we're not all media tv experts here walk us through how a show is created from beginning to end um i mean if you have an example of a show you worked on that probably even better and you, you know you talked about production and post-production and kind of just how that whole process works would be uh interesting okay um well i'll give it a go in sort of general terms in yes. um so within our within our format entertainment area here so um we have a development team but in the same way um they will 
they will sit around and uh, and well, I won't sit around. They will, <laughs> they will uh, you know, they will they will work to to research, um, you know, their own um, their own areas uh, within within technology or their own program ideas, um, and look at existing formats or what they feel might be missing within there. So there's there's a team that will then put together a pitch um, that will then. Uh, that will then be pitched to the, the the commissioners. If the commissioners like it, then a pilot will be made. And what, oh, and what's, um, what's part of the pitch? You know, like how, how do they have to have like this? Um, okay, I, don't know, I, can, I can only think of screenshots, but can they? Uh, do they have to have like a little video made, or more just like an idea on paper? Or yeah, I mean, it it can depend. But as with as with anything, if if you're trying to to sell an idea to somebody um, or a concept, then having visual um, support of that so that people don't, you know, you're, you're not just putting up what used to be just uh, mood boards or either um, photographs or drawings or whatever. So for a, kind of a, a, for a, a game show, um, what, what the team, the development team might then do is actually build a, a virtual environment within that. So it's quite crude. Uh, but it, it certainly gives the impression of what the studio would look like, where where props might be within it, where the contestants would be. And then from that, you know, you can then add everything else that you normally would. So music, effects, you can put a voiceover over it as your, um, as your host um, and actually play that back. And it may only be a few minutes long, but then you can actually, you know, you can get that sense of environment. You can move throughout the set in that virtual and 3D world. So that then helps to, to sell your idea even further. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. So... So you have the the pitch, and then uh, if it's green lighted, you uh, produce a pilot. Yeah, exactly. And then that's whether that's a broadcast pilot or, or whether it just goes through to the commissioners again and, uh, and and see if and see if they are happy with that end result. Um, obviously, you know we we have an amazing success rate. Um, <laughs> of course. Well, <laughs> you might want to cut that bit out. That's a bit by the BBC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so providing, uh, yeah. So, so the pitch. Um, if you have your pilot is is successful, um, then you have your uh, you'll be be put into that specific slot. So, a lot of the programs that we aim to fill for those time slots is our Saturday evening slot, where we have shows uh, like Street Cup Dancing, which remains one of our most successful in-house productions. Um, and then, you know, you hope for that, you know, that 12 week run. There is then a returning strand, um, and obviously within that. Um, even though the main show, so then moving into a live show such as Strictly Come Dancing in, in that respect, um, or Dancing with the Stars as it's known in the US, yeah. um, the, the main show is that live um, kind of 60 minutes on a Saturday evening. But of course, there's VT packages that go into that um, that then just help to, you know, to not just make it a, a show about dancing. It has a story. You learn more about the contestants that are in it and their personalities and their family lives and things. So, um, so there's there's all of those levels of um, the actual commissioning process through to filming content and which cameras you were using and then uh then editing that your your sound mixing and dubbing to make sure that your audio is the best that it could be your color grading of the pictures to make sure that everything looks as great and as shiny uh if you're if you're looking for shine and sparkle which you are on a satellite show um all the way through to you know the, the delivery chain and just making sure that your technical specs are then met in terms of the delivery for for broadcast and the delivery chain is that? What do you mean by that? 
Uh, well, just making sure. So every broadcaster, um, so certainly by um, by areas of the UK, um, we've we've recently moved away from far away from tape um, and into file based delivery. So that has its, its has its technical standards to make sure that everything is balanced. Um, so your your images are title safe on the screens so when you watch it at home. That everyone can see um, lower thirds and. and, and and credits and everything like that. Clearly, making sure the audio is is in a way that remains clean and crisp, and that everybody can hear, um, and that your colours are not, you know, your, your whites are not too white and your blacks are not too black, so you to lose detail. Um, um, and then, you know, uh, PSC and 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 uh, your program isn't has a your program doesn't have an overabundance of flashy. So just all of those technical requirements and and. And that is just, you know, a, a team in inverted commas of, of people that ensure that, that, you know, programs, once all that creative effort has gone into something, making sure that, um, that technically as much care and attention has gone into delivering that program as creative effort to get the best out of your piece of work. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to creating a, like a, a nice show. And do you, do you have an idea of how many people work on like one of the dancing shows? How many people are on the team? <laughs> Do you have a guess? <laughs> it would easily be. Oh goodness! Um, well, the 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 kind of production management team. There's probably because with the biggest number is, is always going to be in the crew. So that's so okay. on a technical side. So if you if you're going to a studio shoot, you know you're probably looking at at least six cameras, um, if not more. Okay. Um, and then you've got your staff in the gallery. So you're easily looking at like, you know, 30 to 50 people just wow. kind of covering a live show wow. from lighting to sound to camera to studio management to the runners to props, makeup, hair, um, choreography. Huh. Um, you know, the, the, the list really does go on. So, uh, yeah, I say 30 to 50, I probably mean more, more like 50 to 70. Wow. That's, yeah, that's. You don't you don't expect that. And that doesn't include all the admin. Like somebody's actually have to somebody has to do a sell commercials too, and you know all that part of it too, which is another whole aspect. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of effort that that goes into making you know sixty minutes of of, of television. Makes sense. Okay, so that's only a small fraction as opposed to feature films, obviously. Oh, that's you know, right. the, sometimes. Sometimes the credit list is almost as long as the film. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so let's uh, talk about some of the current things you're working on. Do you have uh, particular projects you're working on now around new innovation, new technology? Um, or... uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, a couple of things that I can't talk about at the moment that okay. are um, <laughs> in development. Um, but a couple of things that we've we've recently delivered. So uh, as I touched on. Earlier, one of the one of the big things for me since um, 2014 really has been looking at 360 and VR. So that's certainly been um, some of the biggest projects uh, and, and most interesting projects that I've been working on um, in the last couple of years. Um, I, I would really like to actually create a, a full, true VR experience um, of creating that virtual world and giving people um, the interactivity of being able to move through that environment. Um, as of yet, uh, I haven't got the right idea, uh, platform or funding. Um, but I keep moving forward with that. Um, 
but we've had some really good success with, uh, with, with 360 video. So the first thing we did, again, working with Strictly, uh, because I work across uh, entertainment, music and events, um, you know, Strictly is one of our uh, is one of our big programs in there, and it, um, we we made a 360 um, uh, from the heart of the dance floor. You know, um, a, a view that, that that money can't buy, or you know, you can't get a ticket to that position to be in the centre of the dance floor during one of the routines. Um, and the fact that we did that with Strictly, so this was back in 2015, um, which was still relatively new in terms of. Um, the, the general public's understanding and appreciation of, uh, of of 360 content. So it was quite a big, it was quite a big deal that we that we moved forward with something like that for strictly come dancing in that way. Um, and we had fantastic reaction, uh, fantastic reaction with that. It, it completely blew the minds of our production team who work on the show on a weekly basis for the main TV output. Um, but even more so, the the general public. It was something that was so unexpected for them because you have this huge fan base of people that tune into Strictly, but um, that may not necessarily be as technologically advanced um, that they would normally access the show in that way. So the fact that we were giving them something and even just watching the, the content back on in a magic window mode on their phone, the fact that as they moved that around, they were getting a different um, perspective of what was happening with the, the routine was just absolutely mind-blowing. So... Um, so that's been certainly the most the most fun um, uh, some of the projects that we've had, and then since then we we worked on Trooping of the Color with our events team. So we gave um, everybody the opportunity to sit in the position um, of Her Majesty the Queen um, as she took um, as she took the parade, and they presented the the, the, the colors for uh, for this year. Um, and again, it, it's a position that that you or I would not normally be able to, you know, we could we could put a standard camera in there and you could get some fantastic coverage. But the fact that you could choose to look where you want to look um, and actually get that sense of presence, particularly when you then go into uh, wearing a headset mode. Um, uh, and and the, the biggest project around that. Um, so everything is kind of 360 for me at the moment. I'm really, as I say, really trying to move forward. Um, so we we live streamed the New Year's Eve fireworks from London this year. Oh, wow. um, so we took uh, three three camera rigs, um, placed one uh, next to the London Eye here, which is kind of the centerpiece of our fireworks display. Um, put the camera completely in harm's way. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I just it's got some. You know, so absolutely amazing and terrifying footage from that position wow. as the fireworks were within, you know, meters of uh, of this camera position. Um, and there was, you know, it, it was a it was a very optimistic um, and uh, project, really. Um, the fact that you know I was working with the live events team; they are uh, one of the best in terms of providing live coverage um, for for our content. But the fact that we, we took something that you would think would be relatively straightforward, you know, um, the, you know a small form um, camera format, but, you know, you use three of those in 360 and get and the calibration of those and then live mixing that to live stream um, was a bigger challenge than I fully appreciated at the beginning of the project. But uh, I'm so happy that we pushed pushed through and we've learned so much in terms of you know there's already some things that we, that we may approach um differently um one of the biggest surprises is where the supporting content in in that in this process so for our main broadcast we're still bound by delivering content via hd 
but with live streaming now, we're already moving beyond HD. Uh, but all of the infrastructure that we required are uh, required to use from remote camera positions, we're still bound within that technology for broadcast. So we had to find ways of working around the HD uh, HD infrastructure, but needing to go up to um, 1440 or 4K or whatever to actually deliver the best that you can get by stretching your image into a 360. So again, it was a complete surprise. And um, you know, to, to, to people viewing, um, they weren't really sure about what they were going to be getting. We we had a hope that it would work out very well, but as with most things, you can't really tell. And with innovation projects, that's what makes my role really exciting on a day-to-day basis. That um, you know, you do want to try to use technology in a new way, in a different way that continues pushing things forward. Um, and this certainly felt like it, it ticked those boxes in in that respect. Um, yeah. And across the piece, you know, it, it over six million views in in, in a week kind of across platform from the social site. So. It's really, yeah, it's kind of picked up and done incredibly well, which we're just, yeah, thrilled about. Well, yeah, you guys have definitely been a trailblazers, I think, in many regards. Uh, you know, like the New York Times is doing some stuff too, but you guys have been doing it for a while, and and especially the live. You know, I was, um, I was curious. It seems like uh, that's a lot of bandwidth, or you know, that's a lot of video you have to push through live. Like, did you guys develop your own software? I know there's some software out there, but um, how? Yeah, did you develop internally? Did you work with external partners or a little of both? Or uh, we, in terms of the, well, in terms of the three hundred and sixty production, we contracted um, three hundred and sixty some three hundred and sixty specialists in the in the field, basically that have been working in live content for years. They they themselves had not done anything to this scale and ambition. Okay. Um, but they, you know, they they had worked um, with uh, with Google for the original kind of Google Street Map stuff in the UK, um, and had captured a lot of content with them in, in 360 degrees. Um, and they they also come from a, a TV and film background as well, so they they they're used to straddling both worlds in terms of that the the infrastructure required to to, to create content and network it across in that way um, through to understanding the requirements uh, of 360. So um, at this moment in time, as you say, you know, the, uh, we the BBC has been incredibly lucky that, that within 360 and VR we are we are managing to create quite a lot of t- content whilst we work through and try to understand what um, the public's appetite is for that format and how it can support our programs or even be a standalone product in the same right. But we still do need that requirement from the specialists within the within the field that they can come in and advise and help and actually help us to produce that content. Um, and we're also very fortunate in terms of, as I say, you know, we're working with the with the live events team who have just, you know, decades of experience of, of working in this environment so we were able to use to tap into that knowledge um, of our technical manager there and put them in uh, working with them and that third party um, external uh, the, the 360 production company um, and then me somewhere in the middle kind of getting in the way and just saying wouldn't it be great if we do this and uh, <laughs> can we just put a camera in this position uh, you know and that sort of stuff so um so yeah, I mean, it was definitely a you know it was a cross BBC cross industry project really, um, and working with the social sites about you know where where they're at with live streaming at the moment, um, kind of you know using their expertise and knowledge of making sure that you know the project kind of delivered as we wanted to. And on what type of a headset could people watch us on? 
Um, well, because we were, so it was a project that we were live streaming with, with YouTube. Okay. Um, so at the moment, there are limitations in terms of headsets. Um, I think you can only uh, live stream, like, yeah, with cardboard, but in Android. I'm not sure if OS, uh, iOS is currently um, supported. Um, that could be wrong, yeah. or that may have changed. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, so currently there's a live stream. There are limitations. Um, the asset was also available on demand, um, and it was pushed through to um, through the Oculus headset, uh, of which I think uh, figures did quite well on that. But in terms of you know, if you can access YouTube on any on any device, particularly as an on-demand asset, then you can, you can watch the content. And and, and uh, you know, you mentioned that you want to do a, a complete show on it using or using VR instead of just 360 video. Um, can, can you explain mm-hmm. the difference between kind of the experience Experience in your mind between VR and 360 video? Uh, well, obviously, well, uh, with with VR, you're you're kind of limited by your imagination almost of what environment you are trying to, to recreate and where you want to take people on on a journey in that respect. Um, 360 video is is fantastic because providing you think through what you're trying to deliver and, and place your cameras in in suitable positions that that kind of justify why you're shooting it in 360 as opposed to, you know, even 180 or just in kind of our standard 16 by 9 frames. Um, but you're, you are then bound by the limitations um, of, of what you are actually filming. So if it's, you know, um, so I think 360 offers a, a, a great experience to people, but I think it's a truly immersive um experience in in every sense not just the fact that i can put a headset on and view a 360 video but um if the camera is static then i am static if the camera is moving as a curated experience then i'm moving in that direction i can look around in my 360 but i don't necessarily have um full um full maneuverability and, and full interaction with that piece whereas within a true vr sense that you can build that environment and you can give um depending on how much processing power and uh, you know and everything else that you've got but you can then start to put in that gamification um which is why i think as well it's fantastic the playstation headset device and in terms of you know that can only do good things yeah. in, in in the world of uh, reality of just kind of you know giving people um that kind of content um so that is why I would, I mean, in terms of an idea of what I'd like to create in a true VR sense, as I said, I've not quite found the right, found the right idea for what that could be as yet. Um, but in terms of the BBC, so we, um, we create some content for the Tim Peak spacewalk, um, which then put people onto, um, or into space. Um, and you, you were able to, um, you know, you, you could do a spacewalk and you could do some um, some maintenance. And then, you know, there, there, so there was a little bit of, of reality in that experience within that, um, as well as some gamification within it. And, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic piece, really. Um, so, yeah, that would be my... That would, that would, that's something I'd definitely like to explore further. Gotcha. Um, huh. And, and uh, I mean, how do you think the VR would change kind of the storytelling it seems like there, like you said, that a lot of shows probably would not be appropriate necessarily. But, uh, and I suppose that's what you're searching for. What is the best? <laughs> what is the best uh, story to tell? Whether it's a game show um, or something like that, it's a little more immersive experience. Um, yeah, have you thought more about how it's going to change the storytelling? Um. Well, 
I mean, well, in terms of if we're talking about VR, if we're talking about 360, but in terms of storytelling, just immediately the the, the framing or the lack of framing that you have with 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 360 is has already changed everything in terms of. So, if we're covering an event where we would normally you know, we spend a lot of time disguising or, or hiding, um, you know, crew um, and equipment and everything, which obviously you just cannot when you've got a 360 degree view, or, or you can, but you have to be, you know, you need time and and, uh, and money, um, and it can be incredibly expensive because you're then turning things into props. Um, and so, for a live event, you don't have to turn around time for that. Um, in terms of virtual reality, yeah, then absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest uh, issues or challenges really one of the biggest challenges that, that we have is um other than relying on on social sites which in a vr sense is, is not really going to work you know like how do you how do you get reach um and that kind of communal experience with with virtual reality that that we have been doing for decades in terms of you know the focal point is the television or the radio within there that you can enjoy en masse um now, of course, there are developments where you can then move into more social settings within your virtual reality world. Um, so that would be interesting to see how that plays out as well. But yeah, I mean, a game show could absolutely work in that environment or, you know, something that you need to complete tasks within a set period of time. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 really, the, the opportunities are almost endless yeah. in terms of, um, but it's just really feeding that back through. So it becomes relevant rather than it just being a, a simple um you know just just a game that you are playing you know how does that then tie back centrally that then you're competing in kind of real time and uh, uh, etc but there's just all of these fantastic challenges in terms of you know things have moved on so much in in the two years or two and a half years that i've been looking at this pretty much every vr experience when i first you know, looked at picked up my first cardboard or whatever was just oh i'm on another roller coaster um <laughs> And now, you know, there's just already people are, uh, are learning to, to tell more intricate and interesting stories and really kind of tap into what all of that means um, for, for good and bad um, in terms of, you know, the experiences that you can have, you know, kind of like to, to feel the sort of true isolation um, in small rooms and cells and things like that through to, uh, you know, or being on a roller coaster. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so we're almost done with the podcast here. and. I've got one or two more questions. One is, uh, I mean, do you think in five to ten years people will spend a lot more time in 360 and VR? And I mean, they probably will, but they, I imagine they'll still watch regular TV too. Or what's kind of your thought? Well, I I hope so. I hope people are still watching the television. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is still the it is still the corner the corner piece of our, of the modern living room in that respect. Um, and it is where, you know, families come together. I mean, we're already seeing such a, such a switch away from that traditional scheduled broadcast of things from television and radio, um, that kind of truly curated experience The the on demand channels, um, are just kind of changing the way that, that, that we consume our media, that, that, um, our younger audiences, um, consume their media. Everything is becoming more mobile. Um, I think there is potentially a place for you know VR and 360 within that. Um, I think the whole you know it'd be interesting to see uh, where Microsoft go and where Hololens. Um, that's another area that I'd really like to make some 
some content and, and do more with or do anything with at the moment. Um, because that then, you know, the kind of mixed realities of the fact that, you know, you can literally walk into a room with blank walls, but then decorate it to however you, however you need it. And you want a 16 screen, then brilliant. There's a virtual 16 screen and you can get your content on there. Um, so that's that's quite interesting. I think it, we're, we're probably on a on a mass level, potentially going to move closer to to something like that. Uh, you know, of the Star Trek holodeck. Um, but I think they all play their part, certainly in the journey to to where we will end up. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, if you, you know, if you put on a headset and you you know, uh, Netflix is available on on the Gear VR, which yeah, is which cool. is great. But yeah. you're very very conscious that you're wearing a headset watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you, but then still you have those moments where you kind of you know you react to the film and then you remember that you know there's other three people there in your living room and not having that same experience. Um, and that's kind of the big difference I think in terms of that that kind of immersive experience when it when it's not within that shared social environment that that, that will be limiting in that respect in terms of you know and, and at the moment you know i think content you can make which supports um, your programming is great you know you can you can either watch a piece of content afterwards or you could uh, if you've got a narrative piece that's like oh now now you know consume this piece of media or this bit of the story or whatever then you can watch that in 360 and then come back out of it and go back into the normal broadcast chain so but who knows i mean technology is moving so quickly now um, and I am of that age where, you know, I can remember when a phone was just a phone. Um, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and it, it <laughs> and it, it just had a little, you know, had a little green screen and you were just thrilled that you could either create your own ringtone with it or whatever that sounded a bit like something. And now, you know, so it's, yeah, you know, who, who can truly predict where, you know, the, the, the five to 10 years, what technology we'll be relying on to consume our media. Um, but as we know, network infrastructure, you know, certainly mobile will, will just be will play such a huge part in that. And the fact you'll be able to access pretty much everything really quickly. 5G um, is is here later this year. So, so I hear. So, uh, yeah. you know, just just that level of power. It's terrifying. <laughs> that but that'd be awesome when it's uh, when it's here. Um, Right, you can just put on the the Hololens, and it'll just talk to your phone in your pocket, and it'll give you an amazing experience. That's a long ways away, but um, well, maybe not long, but maybe five to ten years to have a. It's coming. Um, so, anyways, Absolutely. yeah. So, I think that just about does it, and that's a good way to end. I think the podcast kind of show your vision for what could happen, and so, Chris, definitely appreciate your time and your thoughts, and you've got some great uh, media experience so i definitely learned a little bit how a show is created and how it all works and so thanks for uh, coming on the show well thanks for yeah thanks for your time it was nice to talk with you definitely and uh and yeah it's super interesting to hear about 360 video and i've definitely uh experienced some of it but uh hope to do more and more in the future so keep doing what you're doing and uh you can you can change change the media world a little bit <laughs> I'm doing my best. That's Thank right. you. All right. And thanks, everyone, for uh, listening to another episode of Flyer Labs. As always, I greatly appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, Chris.